Welcome back to the first episode of Everyday Impact for the year 2023. I took a little bit of a break to to enjoy the, the holiday season with my family, and I am back, and I have a cold, and I'm not letting that get me down. We are moving forward, and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I thought, you know, what better way to kick off uh, January 2023 than an episode about uh, habits, about change, um, about motivation. And so I'm excited to share this episode uh, with Brad Barton with you. Let me tell you a little bit about Brad before we jump into the interview. Uh, Brad is an executive coach. He's a, he's a national speaker. Uh, he is a, he's a performance enhancement expert. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Beyond Illusions, and he is the man. And you might be wondering, okay, what makes Brad qualified to speak about high performance? What, what's his deal? Well, let me tell you, Brad has set world and American records, that's, that's world and American records, for the Masters track and field in the mile run, the 1500 meter, the 3000 meter, and the steeplechase. Just an incredible athlete with an incredible story that he goes into in this episode and talks. He, he talks a little bit about his story and the lessons that he learned and just such a great man and grateful to have him on the show. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Brad Barton. Yeah, what a joy, Michael. Thank you for having me and um, uh, getting me in front of your audiences, your listeners. Oh. Oh, it's so, so fun to have you on. For those, for listeners who don't know, uh, Brad and I, have, I, I, I went to school with your wife, Melissa. Yeah, and, master's and, program. Yeah, yep, master's program with, during, our, during our therapy program. And um, every, every opportunity I had to interact with you, Brad, I just, it was just fun. It was just, we're, we're both runners. Um, so it's fun to pick your brain about running. And I don't want to spoil anything for any of the listeners. So I'm going <laughs> to. I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it at that, that you're a runner and I'll let you take it wherever you want to go from there. But just I've always enjoyed talking with you. So it's a real treat to have you on. Brad. We get to interact again and with your listeners too. Welcome yeah. everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Super fun. Yeah. So thank you. So jumping off spot, where do we go? Well, talk to me. I'd, I'd love for you to just start wherever feels natural with um, this idea of this one lesson that you could share. If you could share anything. Yeah. Tough to choose between, but the one that kept coming back from me as I was looking at this is, um, yeah, and stay with me on this, listeners, because sure. this um, this sounds like uh, it, just, it doesn't sound as sexy as maybe some other ideas. Okay. Um, well, let me prep it this way: you and I are not free agents. We're actually not. Every one of us are slaves to our habits. So if we can say this out loud, this is a little goofy, but as you're yeah. driving, you're, you know, doing dishes, whatever, however you're consuming this, yeah. say, repeat this back with me. First, I form habits, then they form me. Let's try it. First, I form habits, then they form me, right? This is the truth. When I wake, think about it, your morning, you wake up in the morning and the first five minutes, you, you, you're not thinking, you, it's just habit. Yeah. So is the next five minutes, actually. And then the next five minutes and the next five. Really, from the, the, the moment we wake up to the very last thing we do, with some exceptions, we have some age, you know, we have some ability to make some choices. And am I going to do this first and that first? But even that, yeah. we've got the habit of doing the hard things first. And then the rest of the day gets, what, easier 
yeah. or well, let me do the easy ones first to get in the mood, right? Those are all habits. So yeah. even even the stuff that we're choosing is, is according to our habits. So we've got a very complex, a whole lifetime worth of very complex sets of habits. Um, so it can be rote stuff like getting in a car and driving somewhere. Last uh, car trip you took, right? We don't even think about it. We're yeah. making a thousand life, literally life and death decisions on that trip. And we never think about it. Why? Because it's all just habits, yeah. right? Yeah. The same thing with relationships. We're making a, a thousand little little life uh, enhancing or life uh, 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 enjoyment, joy killing uh, decisions mm -hmm. in our in our relationships with our teenagers or our, our other loved ones, whatever. And we're doing that not really according to our decisions that we're making. We're not making decisions on these. First, we formed habits for how we interact. With yeah. ourselves, go, go, let's do our internal. Let's do let's metacognate, which is thinking about what we're thinking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, right? let's do it. Those are those are have they're driven by our habits. So mm. it's kind of a it's kind of a, um, a bummer actually that we don't get to be free. It us it's also kind of cool if you think about it the other way, because if first I form habits, then they form me. Ah, uh, that means that my life and my quality of life is because of my habits and I'm stuck in them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the great news. If I choose to change one, two, three of those habits and then actually get it done, and it's hard to do, right? Because habits don't want to die. They're yeah. little entities, right? They don't, don't yeah. want to live. Yeah. But but I, I kill them and I replace them and have new have baby habits, right? That grow up into, you know, mature uh, entities that, that help to rule my life. Now my life gets richer. Your life is rich or poor according to your habits, really. Spiritually, um, monetarily, first I form habits, then they form me. So if you want to change something in your life, if you want more, then change your ha change a habit or two and there's thousands of them just choose in fact i'm just gonna i'm gonna make this uh this um challenge to your to your to me and to you yeah. and to, uh, to yeah. your list yeah bring it on choose one habit or or five or three whatever was is going to be unintimidating and then also do the opposite what's one habit and let's habit of thinking right habit of of belief Right. I was listening to a podcast as one of my habits. I, I didn't yeah. I, I'd go long stretches and not um, not really grow spiritually. Well, I just gutted it out. And in the morning I'd get up and I'm listening to, you know, some spiritual thing. Right. I'm listening and, and, and you know, to a for me, my faith tradition is called a conference talk. Right. Yeah, or yeah. or some 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 other kind. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading, you know, some sacred scripture. Well, that became um, a, that became something that I don't have to do anymore. It yeah. does itself. I wake up in the morning and I'm brushing my teeth and I'm listening right to this uplifting piece of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of good, of juicy goodness. That's feeding my soul. Right. And so it, 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 it challenges the, the way that I'm thinking. It actually over time changes the way I believe. One of the things that I, I learned um, just a few, I uh, was reminded of anyway, are you going to let your, your questions inform your faith? Or are you going to let your faith inform your questions hmm. about about your faith? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a habit of thinking. 
I can change that. If I'm continually questioning my faith um, and I'm letting my questions inform my faith, I I'm not as firm in, in what I believe. Keep the questions. Love yeah. the questions. Yeah. But what if you had your faith inform those questions versus the other way around? That's a habit of thinking, Michael. Yeah. And so um, anyway, it's, it goes, it all goes back to, 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 to habit. So, so a practical uh, use of this, what if ordinary people like, like me, right. Can do extraordinary things. If we had the right habits, hmm. you think about this. What if, what if a person told you that knew what they were talking about, said, Brad, let's you and I roll up our sleeves and go do something that literally no human being has ever done. Yeah. I mean, if someone, I'm asking your, your, your listener, if someone that was credible came to you and says, let's you and me go do something that's never been done by anybody. I don't know if, if that lights you up at all, but it gave me tingles, right? When I yeah. was a, a college kid in coaches, I'm in coach's office and, and uh, he says, uh, no Weber State University athlete has ever made the U.S. Olympic team. Now, that's no longer true. There's been three that I know yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, a teammate of mine, uh, a former decathlete, uh, went and won a, a gold, a, a silver medal in the bobsled <laughs> when he didn't make the Olympic decathlete team. Decathlete to, to bobsled, huh? Um, there's been fun, a steeplechaser that, that came along and, and and made the Olympic team. And then, of course, Damian Lillard, right? He, yeah. he gold medal in the, yeah. in the yeah. basketball team. Yeah. Back then, it hadn't happened yet. And, and at the end of this, this 90 minute belief session where he just threw belief on me and tried to attempt to begin to change my habits of thinking, right? Um, he said, let's go do something that's never been done. And I was in, and I was, I was singularly focused, created a whole bunch of very disciplined habits around that. And in the end, I, I, I slipped. Was 19th in the world in the 3,000 meter steeplechase, ranked 19th in the world. Yeah. One of the best in Mary. I'm going to Barcelona, baby. Right. <laughs> and, then I, and then I slipped. Um, in the last water jump in the semifinals, I didn't even make the finals, Michael. Yeah. I was, it was, it was crushed. I, I was crushed mm -hmm. after so many years of hard work. Oh, um, I called my coach after about a, a month and said, let's go to Atlanta in, in 96. He said, I knew you'd call. I didn't even make that to the, to the, the Olympic, tri the Olympic um, trials uh, starting line with an injury. Yeah. I'm too old to make the Sydney games. So um, I got on with my life and build a speaking career and raise a bunch of kiddos. And, yeah. and, um, and then years later, um, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm called to the track and I, it just nuts, but I, I knew I had to do, I don't know if you can relate to any of this, your yeah. listener, have you ever known you had to do something and maybe it didn't even make sense, mm -hmm. but you knew you had to do it. I knew I got to get back on the track yeah. and I fought it for months and I just kept nagging me. You've got to go. And I'm like, what? I'm 44. Why would I? And I did, <laughs> I finally gave in and went and, and ran a 430, a 443 mile. At oh 44 my years old. And oh, I, well, I got that out of the way, right? Well, hold, hold on, Brad. Let me, let me pause for a second before you jump in that because I, I just want to, I have a couple questions what you're saying. I just want to, I want to make sure yeah, I've sure. got you. You're, here's what I'm hearing you say. Um, you tell me if this is right or wrong. Course correct. Anything needs to be course corrected here. Habits change when we, the impetus for changing our habits is learning to analyze our beliefs. 
Yeah, metacognition. It's thinking about what we're thinking about. To our knowledge, we're the only entity, the only, the only, uh, uh, um, the only animal, whatever, yeah. on the earth that, yes. that can think about what we're thinking about. So if you if you're doing that, that gives us the opportunity to to make a change. But but my question with you, my own experience with clients, and I'm I'm guessing your experience maybe with coaching or speaking, whatever is, um, that's probably so it's so hard to slow down and figure out what beliefs are driving your habits, right? And you probably don't even realize that there are beliefs that are that are driving your habits and so i don't how what's that process of slowing down enough to actually analyze and get in contact with the beliefs that are driving your habits it is a great question and for for me um it's part of it is meditating right Mm -hmm. um there prayer is is a form of meditation when i'm running i i I don't l- listen to things when I'm running. I d- I'm jealous of the time with myself. Mm. I'm out there. I'm out there letting my mind just wander and think, what if, you know, and it just, it just lets, I, I'm not directing. I'm just being right. Yeah. And, and, and my natural self, my actual person, not my head, because there's a different, those of you, hopefully you'll have people yeah. on your podcast or already have talking about um, mindfulness There is a difference between the tool of mind and our actual being. Yes. Us in the West, we get stuck. We believe that our, our mind is us. Yes. In the East. No, that's the, we, they, in the Eastern philosophies and religions, they, they get it. They get that, that, that we are a different, our, who we really are is different than mine. Yeah. Our, yes. our thinking apparatus is not us. Yes. It's a yeah. tool and, and, our, and, and our, and our essence is something different than that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I can be, and all of us have experiences. Well, I can, I, that sounds silly being mindful. Well, you've already done it. Well, I could never meditate. Well, you've already done it. Yeah. In glimpses you walk out and you get, captured in a in a beautiful sunset and just for those you know handful of seconds you are out of your head and you're in you're standing in front of a beautiful work of art for just those moments you're you're just in awe of a baby you know and you're out of your head and you're into your essence and then we in the west we jump back into our thinking brain and then that's that's who we think we are right so i think this is a really convoluted way to answer your question I believe it's when we get out of our head and, and, and we, we start to, um, so metacognition is a part of it. Thinking yeah. about what we're thinking about yeah. deeper than that is going back to who we really are. And that's us the and, word, then, the, and, and our, our self, our entity yeah. will tell us. Totally. I, the word that comes to mind as you're talking about this is curiosity, mm. learning how to be curious with the thoughts that come into our head. Right. Yeah. learning instead of i think what you're saying instead of jumping into our head and, and believing we're defined by our thoughts and then giving those thoughts power right to influence the way we live our life getting really curious about them and being able to like it yeah again go, going with what you said like the eastern beliefs right this idea of we have the ability to observe our thoughts 
rather than be absorbed by them, right? Be absorbed by them. Yeah. There, there's a whole separate thing there about curiosity that I yeah. hope you'll explore at some point, and that is curiosity in relationships. And so, mm-hmm. so instead of feeling the friction, if we can get in the habit, right, of mm-hmm. when we feel that friction coming in in that relationship, just to say, oh, that friction's no longer, no longer um, uh, serving me anymore, yeah. and you, you turn and decide to be curious. about that about that instead of friction very cool very cool well that will tell so so you're you're going through this stage of life where you think okay it's time to move on give up the track right and you yeah for 20 years 20 years years. (laughs) so talk to me okay so put, put us back plop us back down in the middle of your decision to go back to the track what changed with your belief system what had what shifted in you what was going on then and, and explain to us what happened from there? Yeah, we probably don't have the time to, to, to really do it justice. Um, it didn't, this, this is the thing. It, I didn't sit down and, and, and work it out. Yeah. I was at a track meet. It was a, a high school track meet actually for my son to run. And I saw some old guys running around the track and I'm like, what? And that one of the coaches says, oh, it's the coach's mile. I'm like, what? That, the coach's mile? <laughs> old guys running a, tr- a a race at a at a high school meet i mean I, I my first reaction was that is so sad yeah yeah <laughs> old guys trying to recapture past glory you know and yeah. i'm sitting in the in the stands and it's a 200 meter track at, at this indoor meet and uh i'm sitting there just thinking well i could do that and then the next lap i'm thinking i could i could do that and then they're coming around that last turn, 50 meters in front of them in the pain etched in their faces. These, yeah. these gray haired men. I just, I just, I just knew, I knew I was in tears. I, oh. I knew I was, I had to do that. Whoa. So the, the, the genesis of this project that coach and I have been doing, um, it wasn't something that I decided, you know, yeah. call it, you know, Providence, whatever. I was called to do this and I fought it. I knew I I didn't have time for it. And I mean, anyway, months later, I finally gave into it and, and, uh, and I I ran this crazy fast mile, ran 443 at 44 and I ripped my quad muscle, took months to heal, got that out of the way. No, I still, it was still gnawing at me. So I got even more fit. I ran 432 in the mile at 45 years old. Then I ripped my quad muscle, took months to heal. So I called my muscle? retired college coach. He's a, a famous coach. He's the, the, it was Olympic coach in 90, in 90, 1996 Atlanta games. He was my college coach. We were, I was an all American uh, back in the day and, um, and he'd been retired. And I said, coach, I ran 432 in the mile last year. And he said, you did what? How old are you? And I said, I'm, I'm 46. He said, 432. He's a gads. He said, what's the world, the master's, uh, the world record in the master's age group, 45 to 49, the world governing body keeps yeah. world records yeah. in f- f- five-year increments. I don't know. We looked it up. 420.19. The freak mm-hmm. of nature, his name is John Hinton, that John at 45 Hinton. years old, most of your listeners, that's just a number, yeah. ran a mile in four minutes, 20 seconds, 0.19. And I said, what do you think, coach? Long pause. He says, here's what I think. I think it's finally time that you and I come out of retirement and go do something that's never been done. Wow. <laughs> and, and 20 years just erased. And I'm yeah. a, I'm a college starry eyed college kid yeah. in his office. And, um, 
And I said, let's do this thing. Now, I set that up not to tell my story, but think about your story, listener. Okay, these are my details, but have you ever had the same story where you knew you had to do something and you couldn't get it done? And you went to the guru, right, in the sky or, or the, you know, one of your mentors, whatever. And, the, and he said, let's do this. This man, um, I, I, under his stern tutelage, right, and he's a pretty stern guy, he taught me, again, some, some principles so we can go get this done. He says, Brad, you're going to have to do maybe a thousand really difficult, painful things yeah. in order to, to get in position to go do something that's never been done. Yeah. So you can either make a thousand decisions to, to go do those thousand hard things, or you can cut your workload in half by just making one decision to do all thousand of them. Wait, that's now that's that, so cool. that that's is cool super principle. powerful. What if you, you and I are grinding it out for in some aspect of our life, right? Mm. Um, half the this half the, the work is deciding. Yeah. Right. So I have to yeah. thou- a thousand hard decisions to do these thousand hard things or one great big decision to do all of them. Wow. And it literally cut the workload in half, Michael. Wow. So back to uh, we're, we're running out of time here. Back to the, the notion of, of uh, habits. Here's one practical habit that coach suggested that I do. Yeah. We've got to be consistent. If we're going to get fit enough to go to go run faster than anybody ever has. We've got to be consistent. Yeah. And I'm a busy guy. I mean, I got 12 kids, yeah. um, a, a busy speaking career, you yeah. know, church calling, whatever. I've got, I've got the stuff, right? Yeah. So here's my habit. I Every day, I've got to strap on my running shoes, uh, uh, shoes get in my running gear, strap on my running shoes, and, and get out of my house and go touch the road. That's the habit. Okay. So that's, cool. the, that's the baseline habit. Yeah. Go touch the road. Yeah. Okay. Very few. Sometimes I just don't have time and I don't feel like it, whatever. But I just do that one thing every single day. And when I, well, six days a week anyway, right? Yeah. Um, if there's a, there's a few times, very few times in the last eight, nine years that we've been doing this, that I've said, great, I touched the road and I went back in and changed back into my, you know, and now I'm but very few times. <laughs> it's easier to do myself into feeling better than it is to feel myself into doing better. Hold on. That's a habit. Brad, say that again, because I think that's such an important principle right there. Can you say that again? It is easier to, to, to do yourself into feeling better. Yeah. To have the, you know, the, to have the motivation and desire. Once you have that momentum Easier to do yourself into feeling better than it is to feel yourself into doing better. I'll do that tomorrow when I feel better. You know, when yeah. I feel like it, I'll ch- I'll yeah. switch one habit when I tomorrow when I feel like it. Right, right. I'm um, I'm literally rubbing my hands together because I love this. And here's what I think I'm hearing you say, Brad. You're saying um, sometimes what we need to do is set a habit that. You know, it's, it's, it's maybe feels, it feels a lot more daunting to say the habit I'm going to do is I'm going to run five miles every morning, right? Pretty daunting. But if you can set a habit of, I'm going to get out the door, I'm going to touch the road, right? Sometimes that little habit is so much more doable and it's all you need to get the, the chemical processes up here in your mind working. You have got it. And there's a book 
um, that I just I just finished listening to. It's called. I want to get the name the name of the of the um, of the author. It's called Teeny Habits. Teeny uh, Habits. I, I think I know the author, but I don't want to say it out loud. And I'm listening to this guy thinking, "Oh my gosh, he he read my book." J B J Fog, B J Fog, Teeny Habits. So that is exactly what you're saying. What I'm what I'm saying. Um, is I'd recommend the book. It's it's if you're if you're having trouble, you know, because you've got these great big huge lofty goals that you're just never gonna get, right? Yeah. Forget about these lofty ones. Just go do teeny things. Teeny habits create remarkable result. And um, yeah, I don't know how to handle this part of the story. We start working together, and uh, let me just do the the, the briefest version of it. Um, I, I ran after working together for f- five months before he let me get on a starting line. Remember the yeah. world records, 420.19, 420. Yeah. 420. Yeah. I started the season that year running 426. Oh my goodness. Two weeks later, I ran 423. Oh my goodness. Two weeks later, I broke my foot. No way. Hey, actually, I didn't break my foot. Coach broke my foot. It was a stress fracture. He overworked me. So you just set me up so yeah. hard right there so what what do we do coach says well maybe we figured out why that's a 30 year old world record we're trying to break what, what do you mean coach maybe someone as old as you can't train hard enough to run any faster than john hinton <laughs> no. did 420.19 now i got a broken heart to go with my broken foot because i'm oh, supposed no. to do this right no and then he says or maybe it can be done we just haven't figured it out yet Brad, I've got the habit of training you the way that I've trained you as a college kid. And obviously, if we do that, stuff's going to fall off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to switch the habits that we're doing in terms of training. We're going to reinvent what it means to train at a world-class level. Guys, we're all there. Yeah. The, the environment has shifted, right? Think yeah. of the metaphor here. In all of our lives, we've got to shift our habits along with the environment we're going to be very well equipped to li- to live in a world that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. let's, we've got wow. to get better. We've got to change our habits. So cut to the chase the next year, um, healed up and we came back. I ran 426 against the college kids. We're having a race with college kids because there's nobody my age. I can race. You're, you're racing against 20 something year olds. Right. Wow. I ran, I ran 421. In, in Boise, he sent me to Boston to run, to break the record. I ran 424. 20, I'm in, I'm in, um, uh, with a head cold. I, I went to, to, to Cornell and fell in the second lap of this race and got up and ran 428. I was so discouraged. I'm in the stairwell calling my coach. I was in tears, yeah. severe pain and super discouraged. Coach, I can't do this. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. And coach yells, remember, he says, if this was, if this was easy, it would already been done. I'm like, oh, I hate this man, right? Because he's always right. And then, and he says, get back on a plane, get back to Ogden. I'll adjust the workout. Um, I'll, I promise you, Brad, I know the Columbia coach. I'll get you in that last chance to meet it. And then and in two weeks and four and a half hours later from that, that, that call, that phone call in a stairwell at, at a place called Barton Hall on Cornell's campus. Mm-hmm. Um, coach and I, we went to, uh, them, arguably one of the most famous indoor tracks in the world, a place called the Armory in Uptown Manhattan, yeah. and ran a mile in 416.83. That's our first world record that we set, the M45 to 49 age. The record group. was 420, you said, right? Yeah, I ran 416. You blew past it. 
by yeah. four seconds. Um, the next year, I came back and and ran four. Uh, took nine and a half seconds off the indoor three thousand meter workout or uh, uh, record world record, and ran a steeplechase that year so fast that would have won the Big Sky Conference right? <laughs> and the WAC and the Mountain West Conference. Um, the, and I was forty eight at the time. Yeah. yeah um, so the ne- took a few months off, got fit turned 50 whole new set of records it's so much fun to be a master's athlete because it's fun to get older right yeah. oh no i'm 50 oh yes i'm 50 right a whole it's new awesome. records to, to chase after now yeah i got hurt at 50 world record fit again and got hurt then i turned 51 two two times on world record fit yeah i'm 51 now i'm world record fit and i ripped my quad I'm world record fit and I took a wicked head injury on a, on a, against with a biker on a trail. And, and now I'm 52. I'm world record fit again and I rip my quad. I'm oh, world record goodness. fit again and I break my foot. I'm 53. The, one of the record, the, one of the articles written by Times of San Diego, Brad Barton's Book of Job <laughs> is the title of the article, right? That's so cool. And then and then the the subtitle is from from ceaseless injuries to world record at 53 wow. coach and I stood on the starting line at uh at Vanderbilt University in uh, Nashville and and um well the 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 only human being ever to run under 420 in the mile past 50 years old I was 53 Michael wow. and when we ran 419.56 that that day um and just remarkable I mean who the outdoor magazine writes this article runners were runners were the running community is like what yeah. what how yeah. well here's how i got i i got some great habits yeah. i got some great habits ordinary people like me and you and you, you, you know your listeners some of them feel like they're ordinary yeah. we can do extraordinary things if we if we if we let go of a few of the habits that that are forming mm-hmm. us form new ones and then have them form us differently as well mm-hmm. so teeny habits incredible results let's change our habits oh my goodness brad i 20 minutes is is not enough to do your story justice <laughs> like this is so if any it's so funny i, I caught myself if anyone's listening and can't see the video i'm like so intently just I'm like leaning into my computer screen right now just want just listen to your story and and it's such a powerful thing I want to as we wrap it up I want to ask you one last question can, can I just say this before you do that um Please. let's re, let's I just want to remind everybody here this is not just my story and and coach Hislop's story there are details, right? Coach and I's yeah. details, but this is our story. I just spoke to the human condition. Yeah. Michael, uh, coach has broken more of my bones along this journey than we have records. Yeah. And, and we've got five American records, four world records. And I, I, I just, I didn't do all those horror stories, guys. Yeah. It, life is hard. <laughs> this yeah. is really difficult stuff. Yeah. Um, it's mostly a story of failure, just like your life in many ways is a story of failure, right? Yeah. So um, be inspired by your story. Um, so anyway, this is this is our this is a human condition. Well, you just teed up my last question, right? It, like if we're bringing it back to people who to us, right? Um, one of the hardest things I would think, and maybe you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong 
And one of the hardest things about changing habits is dealing with what our mind tells us when we fail, right? Mm. We want to set habits and it's hard. We want to change the habits and it's hard. And our mind tells us we can never change. And our mind tells us we're just cool things can happen to Brad. Cool things can happen to my neighbor, but cool things don't happen to me. I'm stuck, right? Do you have any sort of input as to how we go about working through that process and reframing failure in a way that actually can be um, encouraging, right? Can actually provide hope. And yeah, how do you, how do you any, any input there, right? And how to work through that? <clears throat> yeah, this is another great question. I think um, my first blush answer is um, that you're not alone. And um, I call it dancing with doubt. That's how I feel when every time, and I have so many times been injured. And when I come back, my body is not the same. And every time I come back in, into a new training cycle, there, there are weeks, sometimes months where I think I'm doing it right now. I'm 56 now. I've, I've been world record fit three times. And again, and, and every time been down with injury and, and surgery and every time I'm doubts with doubt, right? Yeah. Um, doubt your doubts, I think is maybe, um, so two things know that that's part of the human condition as well. Yeah. And it's very inspiring for me to hear stories of people that are just like me doubting my, my abilities, doubting whether I have the ability to do that. I'm definitely not the most talented runner ever to tow yeah. a starting line. Yeah. And I really not that good. Uh, physically, you know, I, I won some genetic lottery, but mm. it wasn't the triple ching, ching, ching. It was, right. you know, right. I got a few right. quarters out the machine. Great. Enough. I got a, yeah. I was talented enough. Yeah. And listener, you are at, you have enough aptitude. Yeah. What it is that God called you to do. I'm going to use my terms, right? Yeah. Universe has called you to do. You have enough aptitude. If you were called to do something, you are equipped with enough of whatever it takes to get that done. Yeah. So the other thing is doubt your doubts. So when those doubts fly in, don't doubt the doubts, get in the habit, right. Of doubting the doubts. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing in here again? And then the <laughs> last thing I would say is it was something my high school coach taught me. All the world's a stage. We're merely players. We're performers and portray each another's audience. I mean, this is William Shakespeare, right? Yeah. yeah. Our, if our mind is a stage, we, he said, you cannot um, decide the, the thoughts that, that enter the stage of your mind, but you are uh, responsible for those thoughts that you allow to remain and perform on the stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thoughts happen, right? Yeah. It's what we do with the thoughts. Are we going to let and entertain them and let them entertain us? Or are we going to say, get out of here? And it's not just get out. It's got to be replacement therapy. I teach my young athletes this replacement therapy. Yeah. It's not just don't think about that, that elephant in a tree with pink, uh, pink painted uh, toenails, yeah. right? You can't not think about stuff, right? Right, right. It's replacement therapy. Replace that with positive thoughts. That's why I think it's important to be listening to podcasts, right? Yeah, sure, and and sure. let's let's do let's let's listen to everyday impact podcasts and get in the habit of doing that. Yeah. And getting some some wisdom from Michael Anderson. Oh, so so cool, Brad. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell tell people if they want to learn more about your story, they want to learn more from you, about you, where can they find you? 
Um, my my website, bradspeaks.com. And I'd love to be, if some of your listeners have a, a, a company or an association that needs a speaker, yeah. I, I uh, would love to be um, considered bradspeaks.com. Or if you have, have some burning need, a Brad, uh, bradspeaks.com, I have a book um, called, uh, it's called um, um, Beyond Illusions, The Power of Positive Perception. Very That's cool. a, something you can just email me and I'll get you a copy of my book, brad at bradspeaks.com. Perfect. That's so cool. Brad, thank you so much for being on here, man. What a really joy. such a treat and appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Impact. If you're new to the show, then I hope it was helpful and impactful for you. And if you've been tuning in for a while, then thank you so much for your support and for continuing to listen. I hope that this show is providing value and meaning to your life in multiple ways. Please, uh, it, a big favor I'd ask is to leave a rating and review and to subscribe. And, and that just does so much to help get this show out in front of more people. And of course, if there's someone in your life that you think could benefit from it, please share the show with them and, and see if we can grow this values-based community as, as big as we can. Thank you so much and best of luck as you start 2023.